What is going on, guys? Welcome to episode 19 of No One's Ready for Wrestling, where I talk wrestling and I give my honest opinion about professional wrestling. I am your host, the one and only Phoenix that rises from the ashes, Shino Phoenix here, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this episode, and I want to thank you guys for all the support that you've been giving to this podcast. Now, everything's been pretty good right now. I'm looking at my analytics. They've been pretty decent, but I want to make it so that people could literally listen to this podcast, and and I just want to give you guys the best of what I have in my mind. Now, I'm recording this on Friday because tomorrow, which is Saturday, if you're going to listen to it on a Saturday, I will be attending a wrestling show on Saturday night. So I won't be recording on that scheduled day, but I'm giving it to you early because that's one of the reasons. So if I didn't update you guys on that, I apologize because I've been busy. Uh, but I am exhausted from yesterday. I had to help. Now, long story short, I had to help my dad out at a repass. And I'm still kind of drained from the heat. But I'm still going to give you guys the best at what I can give you. Now, this show sponsored by Anchor. You guys know the deal about Anchor. They have been the best sponsor from no, for No One's Ready for Wrestling. It is the easy sponsor of the show. And you're gonna hear this. You're gonna hear about Anchor again at the end of this podcast. Now, why do I use Anchor? Why does anybody not care about Stomping Ground? Well, why I use Anchor because this is the easy place to start your podcasting show. Not only that, not only that, um, Anchor will distribute your podcast on other platforms like Spotify, like Stitcher Radio, Podbean iTunes, many others, and this is the best place to start, you can sign up at anchor.fm slash start, and it's 100% free, it's easy to use, and I look forward to listening to your podcast, whether you talk wrestling, whether you talk music, video games, anime, life, I look forward to listening to what you guys have to, what you guys have in store. So if you want to sign up, once again, go to anchor.fm slash start and sign up for free. Follow me on Twitter at ShinoDPhoenix. You guys are absolutely killing it on Twitter. And I just like I'm just so happy that we're at that I'm at a, a 746 followers. It it really it really means a lot to me that I'm giving you guys something that you love and that's pro wrestling. And not only that, not only that, I really admire you guys with the Wrestling Wednesdays, Dream Match Tuesdays, my thought, your thoughts on said wrestler, like we did Lufisto, I did Tessa Blanchard, I did um, Hikaru Shida, you guys are absolutely amazing with this, so let's keep it up, because I'd like to know my followers on Twitter, so... And we are close to a thousand, but we're close. We're really close to 800. So let's keep that follow train going, ladies and gentlemen, because I want to see more faces. Don't do the fo- that follow and unfollow, but I want you guys to to support my journey as a podcaster. Like the Facebook page, no one's ready for wrestling. Follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip, and let's get on to the show now. I do want to share my thoughts about uh, the Road to Fighter episode three. 
I absolutely enjoyed the show. And I'm 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 gonna consi- I'm gonna say this like a broken record. If you're not watching the Road to series on the Nightmare Family YouTube channel, what are you waiting for? And I'm gonna say it again when I talk about being the elite. What are you waiting for? Because you're missing out on all the big, big um, how can I put this? Big uh surprises that they might have in store. Now, they revealed Brandy revealed that it all out. They will unveil the AEW World Women's Championship. I'm looking forward to that. We get more on Michael Nakazawa and uh, I think his his name is Alex Bailey. I'm sorry if I for like I'm sorry if I forgot, but you know my mind is just all over the place right now. But what I did like about episode three, we get to learn more about Private Party. Now I want to give my props to JD from New York. His interview with Private Party was fantastic, and I get to learn more about um, Private Party on this episode, on episode three of Road to Fighter. And, man, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they could do in the ring, because this is my first time seeing them. JD has called matches for them at House of Glory, so let's see what they can do. And I think they're going to be one of the best tag teams to look out for. So, it is what it is. Now, they did announce that there will be a triple threat match where the winner will get, uh, if I can remember, since I deleted that I deleted that on my notes. I don't know why I did that, because the first recording was so bad that I had to delete that. Now, they get to be in the tournament. They get the buy-in, I believe, to be in the tournament for uh, All Out. And... Speaking of tournaments, Tony Khan, he actually revealed that um they're going to be doing a tag team tournament and they will crown the inaugural AEW tag team champions at their TV tape, at their TV shows. And I'm absolutely happy with this because this is how you build intrigue for said titles. Now, I can't wait to see who wins it, but if I had to pick one, I'm not going to go with the Young Bucks, okay? Because that would be too easy. I'm going to go with the Lucha Brothers. I think that's I think that's what they're going to go with. Either that or SCU. Who knows? Now, he said that... Now, Tony Khan, he was on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. And there are some highlights. And I want to give shout out to Wrestling News for getting some of the highlights. Now, he noted that the company will put heavy focus on tag team wrestling and there will be a tag team tournament starting when the AEW Weekly TV show begins. And you know I'm a sucker for tournaments. I love me some tournaments. The winning team will be the first AEW Tag Team Champions. Khan also said that there is plans to introduce the AEW Women's Tag Team Champions. Now, plans. Now, I'm not saying he's going to legit introduce the Women's Tag Team titles. I'm saying that it's going to happen soon when they get more women to uh, wrestle their show, to wrestle for this promotion. Now, I could honestly say that AEW, they're starting off on the right track here. Continuing on, Khan talked about not wanting to have wrestlers on the road full-time, and that's a smart thing to do, and estimated that they would run somewhere between 100 and 120 shows per year. He also does not want to have wrestlers on every show because he wants to give their bodies time to rest. Again, smart business wrestling decision right there. There will be no offseason, but the schedule will be very wrestler-friendly. Khan said he doesn't want wrestlers to be on the road five days per week. 
He also said that someone like Britt Baker will still be able to continue her work as a doctor while still working for AEW. And wrestlers will be allowed to take international and some independent dates. Now, when asked by Austin, Khan said that he does believe that there's a sustainable business model. He also said he doesn't want to rely on house shows if they don't make business sense. So there will be some free shows on the Bleacher Report, which will be Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest that will be free on that platform. So... Tony Khan is a great business has a great business mind as a wrestler as someone who knows the wrestling business and he's been a fan of professional wrestling so I really respect Tony Khan I think he's going to make AEW a must be for any wrestler who wants to go to that promotion so uh, I'm really glad for jo- I'm really glad for um I'm about to say Joey Janela cuz I got news on him but I'm really glad for Tony Khan cuz he knows what's right in the wrestling business. Joey Janela. Now we got news on Joey Janela about his contract with AEW. What's unique about it. So let's read this real quick. Joey Janela is set to face John Moxley in Mox's first AEW match, a first official AEW match at Fighter Fest on June 29th. That match could be something special as Janela said he has nothing to lose while he cut that amazing promo on episode 2 of The Road to Fighter. I honestly recommend that you guys watch that. And you'll, you'll know what I mean. Because he didn't sound restricted. He didn't sound like he was reading the script. He, sound li- he sounded like he like he sounded like himself. He wasn't forced. And like I'm going to say it again. And I mentioned this in the last episode. That this was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Like I highly recommend that you guys watch Watch that Joey Janela promo on John Moxley. AEW is not going to completely restrict their stars like some other companies might. Therefore, if a star has something going on outside of AEW, like Britt Breaker's dentistry career or Chris Jericho's rock and wrestling uh, ragger, I don't know if I pronounced it right, at C. Cruz, then they can continue this. So Janela falls in that category. Janela's allowed to continue doing his spring break shows, and he tells Fightful that he might be working at GCW show every now and then as well. Now, the official cutoff date for Joey Janela's indie calendar is the 1st of October as well. Now, this is very interesting as it seems that is some, that is when AEW's television show is set to start by all rumors we've heard. The Bad Boy is under an exclusive AEW contract, which he is more than happy about. It also is very generous that AEW is willing to let him continue his other projects as well. I like this, man. I really like this. And kudos to AEW, letting them continue their projects, letting Britt Baker continue to be a dentist, Jericho doing his own thing on the Jericho Cruise, and now Janela doing the Spring Break Tour. It's well-deserved, man. Well-deserved. Something that I wish WWE would do, but, I mean, they're doing it with um, Evolve. They're letting NXT guys work Evolve. They're letting 205 guys work Evolve. (laughs) Five guys. Now I'm hungry. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) sorry, I had had to get that out there. But they're letting Akira Tozawa work that 30th uh, anniversary show. For Evolve, which is going to include people from Dragon Gate USA. So, I mean, sometimes WWE does that, but when it's Triple H, he he will do it. But I don't think he's going to do it with the main guys. 
AEW tried to work with New Japan before being rejected. Now, New, now, um, Todd Martin, he noted that uh, New Japan had their chance to partner up with AEW. However, they decided to stick with Ring of Honor during an uncertain period of time in the company's history instead. Now, Todd said, and I quote, on AEW blocking Mock's work in New Japan, and yes, they did block um, him working New Japan in the U.S. Um, AEW wanted to partner with New Japan and try to make that happen. New Japan rejected them to stick with Ring of Honor, and it's wandering aimlessly through the wilderness and stage instead. If AEW doesn't treat New Japan as a partner now, that's on New Japan. And I, and he said that on Twitter. Now, I understand New Japan is loyal to Ring of Honor. Like, they want to get some of their guys to work their shows. But I, I've been hearing that Ring of Honor's television tape and ticket sales were not good. So, I don't know what it is. Maybe because since they lost Cody and, and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, things haven't been the same. So, I don't know. I think Ring of Honor has to bounce back. But, I don't know why would you turn down an opportunity to work with AEW. You want to make... um. You want to try and ex- get some exposure in the U.S. Like, you want to work shows in the U.S. I mean, I like I said, they're loyal to Ring of Honor, and it was because of them they got some of the best names to work their shows. And it's understandable. But that's on New Japan. I mean, they still continue being the best uh, promotion in Japan right now, but they're probably the best promotion of all time. So, it, it is what it is. I'm not... I'm not going to complain about it. I mean, you missed out on an opportunity, but now you know why John Moxley was blocked working uh, that Dallas show in New Japan. So I'm not going to complain about that. Now, All Out, I want to mention this. All Out, they broke an all-time record with most activities for wrestling ticket. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter noted that it took the Sears Centers 15 minutes to sell out the building because that's simply how long it took to process 10,400 tickets online. However, in doing this, they broke an all-time level when it comes to pro wrestling tickets. Now, Meltzer said, and I quote, According to professionals in the ticket industry, was that the show had the most activity when tickets were first went on sale and of any tickets to a pro wrestling event in history by a wide margin. It was noted that when the ticket sales was called off after the last seat was sold, there was still 73,500 places in line. This is a huge number, and although it could seem to find that some fans had multiple devices logged in, they could have still sold out the building twice over. Now, see, it was noted that um, the limited number of tickets... Uh, caused such a rush to the box office as well. However, even compared to a larger WWE show, AEW is very notable because they sold out with a four-ticket-per-purchase limit and very little scalper activity. This reportedly left the ticket industry stunned. (coughs) And what was that about the t-shirt company? They wouldn't last long. (laughs) They're going to last long. I'm going to tell you that right now because... They're giving us something different, and that's professional wrestling. And no scalpers? Little scalpers? (laughs) Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, my goodness. Yep, AEW is a big deal, guys. I don't know know what these people are saying that, oh, it's just a t-shirt company. It's a big deal. Like, 
and I even mentioned on Twitter, and I think I've said this on one of one of the followers on Twitter. Like, I would love to see AEW come to New Orleans. I would not mind it, and I think it would be fantastic. You know, it would be absolutely fantastic to see AEW down here in the Big Easy. When it will happen, I don't know. Time will tell. Now, I forgot to mention being the elite. If I did, then you could skip ahead. But I did watch being the elite, and they revealed the Lucha Brothers revealed their uh their partner for that six man tag at Fighter Fest, and his name is Coretto Kid. I don't know if I pronounced it right. So, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And oh, and by the way, they uh won back the AAA tag titles in uh Mexico in the AAA uh show. So. I'm happy for that. I'm looking forward to seeing what this guy can do. But congratulations to the Lucha Brothers on regaining the AAA Tag Team Champions. Now, last episode, I mentioned about Davey Boy Smith Jr. leaving New Japan. And I heard that he might be going to Ring of Honor. Apparently, that's not the case. Now, Dave Meltzer, he noted on the Wrestling Observer Radio that Davey Boy Smith would not be continuing his work with New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is because he wanted to work with Impact Wrestling. And they wouldn't allow it. So instead of keeping things the way they are, he will be leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. Meltzer said, and I quote, Yeah, he wasn't happy. It's not like one thing. There's been a bunch of stuff. He wanted to go to Impact and they say no. There's a miscommunication over that. Now, I can understand why New Japan told him no. Because they almost ruined Okada and Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I don't want want to be reminded by that. But, I mean, it's Davey Boy Smith's choice. If he wants to go to uh, Impact, then let him go to Impact. And if he wants to better himself, like, he's already better. But if he wants to experience other promotions, then I say let him be. Why not? I'm down with it. Now, New Japan, they revealed their... New Japan also revealed the full matches schedules for the G1 Climax 29. And I'm going to go through all of it, so... You might, if you don't like to hear all of them, you can skip ahead. I don't know why you want to skip ahead, but some of these matches I think you guys will look forward to. So, on July 6th, this is when they start in Dallas, the A block. We have Lance Archer versus Will Ospreay. I'm looking forward to that. Their match at the New Japan Cup was fantastic. Bad Luck Fale versus Evil. This should be pretty good. Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. I'm looking forward to that. Kenta versus Kota Ibushi. Holy crap. Holy shit. This is going to be fantastic. And I don't know who's going to win this, man. I-, I really think Kenta might be Kota Ibushi. But but I'm this that's a dream match. Like if that's a definition of dream match, I don't know what is. And finally for that block we have Tanahashi versus Okada. I predict this is going to end in a draw. But these two work so well together. Need I say more? On Block B, it'll take place in Tokyo, Night 2. Juice Robinson versus Shingo Tagaki. Looking forward to that. Tetsuya Naito versus Toru Yano. Should be interesting. Jeff Cobb versus Ishii. Ooh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Hiroki Goto versus Switchblade Jay White. Should be pretty good. And John Moxley versus Taichi. Mmm. Ooh, hold up. My dog was just coughing for a second. Night three and July 14th. 
A Block, Sonata versus Will Ospreay. I expect some crazy stuff in this match. Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr. Should be a pretty good match. Evil versus Kota Ibushi. Bad Luck Fale versus Lance Archer. Oh my goodness, man. This last match. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta. New Japan, why are you doing this to me? Why you do this to me? <laughs> this is too much. Night 4, July 15, is Sapporo. Block B. We got Shingo Tagaki versus Toriyano. I mean, I see a lot of comedy in this match right here. Mostly with Toriyano. We have Hiroki Goto versus Juice Robinson. Should be pretty good. Switchblade J. White versus Tomohiro Ishii. Ooh. Jeff Cobb versus John Moxley. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you can tell by my ooings. I'm excited for this. And finally, we have Taichi versus Tetsuya Naito. This should be a good match. Like, probably one of the best matches on that card. But who who knows? Night 5 on July 18th will be at Tokyo. It'll be Kenta versus Lance Archer. Bad Luck Fale versus Kazuchika Okada. Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. A rematch from the G1 Supercard. Eve- oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I have to I gotta stop for a second. Evil versus Sonata? Oh my goodness. And a rematch from Wrestle Kingdom 13. Kota Abushi versus Will Ospreay. That should be fun. Night six at uh is block B on July tw- on July 19th. Jeff Cobb versus Juice Robinson. Switchblade. Jay White versus uh Toriano. Hiroki Goto. Versus Tetsuya Naito. Um, Shingo Tagaki versus Taichi. And John Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii. So, I'm actually looking forward to Moxley versus Ishii. Out of all of the matches, I'm looking forward to that. Um, night 7, July 20th, A Block. We got Bad Luck Fale versus Zack Sabre Jr. I think Zack has to strategize because why not? You gotta... Put the big man down some way, somehow. Tanahashi versus Lance Archer. Kota Ibushi versus Sonata. Evil versus Kenta. Oh my goodness, another another match I'm looking forward to. Okada versus Osprey. IWGP Heavyweight Champion versus Junior Heavyweight Champion. Let's see how they progress. Night 8 and July 24th in Hiroshima. We have Juice Robinson versus Toriyano. We have Hiroki Goto versus Taichi. Switchblade Jay White versus Jeff Cobb. John Moxley versus Ooh, Shingo Tagaki. And finally, we have Tetsuya Naito versus Tomohiro Ishii. I expect a lot of stiffness in that match. July 27th, night nine in Nagoya. The A block. We got Ibushi versus Lance Archer. Balak Fale versus Will Ospreay. Evil versus Zack Sabre Jr. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Sonata. Oh my goodness, man. Stop this, New Japan. Stop this right now. Please. This is too much. Okada versus Kenta. Oh. Why are you doing this to me? Night 10. Night 10. In Nagoya, Block B. Juice Robinson versus Tomohiro Ishii. Jeff Cobb versus Taichi. Um, I remember that match when Taichi beat, uh, Jeff Cobb for the Never Open Way Championship. So it looks like Jeff Cobb's going to get his revenge. 
Jay White versus Shingo Tagaki. This should be pretty good. Goto versus Toriyano. Oh my goodness. Just, I, I can't. John Moxley versus Tetsuya Naito. Why are you doing this to me, New Japan? Why art thou doing this to me? Night 11 at Takamatsu, A Block. We have, and this is on July 30th, by the way. Bad Luck Fale versus Kota Ibushi. Okada versus Lance Archer. Evil versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Osprey versus Zack Sabre Jr. Ooh. And Kenta versus Sonata. That's that's going to be a fun match that I'm really, really invested in. And night 12 on the 1st of August at Fukuoka, we have, this is B-Block, Jeff Cobb versus Shingo Tagaki. think this should be a fun match. Juice Robinson versus Tetsuya Naito. Hiroki Goto versus Ishii. John Moxley versus Toriyano. I, I expect John Moxley to look at Toriyano all let that look like. What the hell are you doing in that match? J.Y. versus Taiji. <laughs> oh my goodness. Continue it on. 9-13. August 3rd in Osaka. The A Block. Bad Luck Fale versus Kenta. Ooh, good luck. Good luck, Kenta. Well, I have faith in you, Kenta. I, I think you're going to beat him. Lance Archer versus Zack Sabre Jr. Evil versus Will Ospreay. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi. Ooh. And Okada versus Sonata. A re- and I believe this was is a rematch for the finals of the New Japan Cup. Night 14 in Osaka. B block on August 4th. We have Tomohiro Ishii versus Toriyano. Juice Robinson versus Taichi, Goto versus Jeff Cobb, Jay White versus John Moxley. That should be a fun match, and Shingo Tagaki versus Tetsuya Naito. That I'm looking forward to. Night 15 on August 7th in Shizuoka, the A Block. We have Lance Archer versus Sonata. We have Bad Luck Fale versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr., and I'm going to continue to mention this, that should have been the finals for the Cruiserweight Classic, by the way. Uh, Kenta versus Will Ospreay, I'm looking forward to that match. I I think this is going to be, uh, they're going to tear the house down. Will Ospreay, in my honest opinion, is the MVP of 2019 so far. And finally, Evil versus Okada. On night 16th, on August 8th in Yokohama, B block. We have Jeff Cobb versus Tetsuya Naito. We have Goto versus John Moxley. That should be a fun match. Jay White versus Juice Robinson. Taichi versus Toriyano. And Shingo Tagaki versus Tomohiro Ishii. Ooh, this is going to be great. Uh, night 17 and August 10th in Tokyo. We have Kenta versus Zack Sabre Jr. Dream match. We have Evil versus Lance Archer. We have Bad Luck Fale versus Sonata. And we have uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Will Ospreay. And Okada versus Kota Ibushi. And night 18, August 11th, in the in Tokyo, we have Taichi versus Ishii. Goto versus Shingo Tagaki. Jeff Cobb versus Toriyano. John Moxley versus Juice Robinson. That's the rematch. And Jay White versus Tetsuya Naito. And a and of course, the finals is going to be the A block versus the B, the B block. Now, if I have to pick one, 
I have to go with Kota Ibushi. I think he's going to uh, chase, he's going to challenge the, uh, he's going to win that match, challenge Okada, and I think he's going to win the title from Okada. And you can see Kenny make a surprise appearance there. That's what I think is going to happen. Now, I'm going to touch briefly on this because this means something. Like, I, I, as a man, I just, I'm just disgusted by how fans act these days. Now, Scarlett Boudot was recently at a AAA show taking on, I believe, Lady Shawnee. Now, I've seen the clip. I've seen the clip. A fan grabbed her, like groped her, and I'm just, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, what is this? As a man, you do not touch women inappropriately. I really, and that's the mindset I have. You don't touch a woman in any way, shape, or form. And you can't do it in an inappropriate manner. You can't do that. Even when it's a performer, like that, that's disrespectful. Now, Scarlett Brudeau, she recently tweet, she tweeted this out. She said, it's never okay to touch a performer without their consent. I didn't realize what happened until I watched the footage afterwards, being so in the moment after a drive with the back, with my back turned. Otherwise, I would have reacted much differently. Thanks to Lady Shawnee, at Lady Shawnee AAA for having my back. Now, like seriously, don't try that. Don't try that. Even if you're sitting front row, don't try that stuff, man. Because that is uncalled for. That's seriously uncalled for. Like, you never know what could happen. Like, what if the guy had a knife and he stabbed her? What if he had a gun? What if he snuck a gun or a knife in the building? Like, that's not right, man. That is seriously not right. And now Scarlett Brudeau, she clapped back at a fan blaming her for the recent assault. Seriously, this is what fans do now? This is what they do? Now, I've, I believe the fan just deleted this tweet. Now, this is what Scarlett uh, Bordeaux said. She said, sounds to me like you don't respect a woman unless they fit your standard of what they should be. If someone finds the way I'm dressed attractive, it doesn't give you the right to do whatever they want with me. Your lack of self-control doesn't mean you can violate whoever you please. Well, I... What I wear is completely irrelevant. Could be my string bikini or a snowsuit. It doesn't matter. My body is mine and you cannot touch me without my permission. Most fans I encounter are respectful, awesome people and I appreciate you. <sighs> like, I, I, don't, I don't understand fans nowadays. Now, they want to play the blame game saying that they want to blame Scarlett Brudeau for this assault. And she had every right to tweet back at the fan, which... I guarantee the fan literally just deleted the tweet for a sheer case of not want to be embarrassed. He, God was coming to them. God was coming to he or she, or I don't know who it is. It's probably a he or a troll that wants 15 minutes of fame. But seriously, don't put your hands on a woman inappropriately. Don't even touch a woman without their consent, without their permission. Just don't touch a woman inappropriately. That's all I ask because that, like watching that, and I'm going to say it again, watching that clip, I was disgusted. And I'm like, and you could say, oh, he paid money to see that he could do whatever he want. No, no, you pay money, you watch 
These wrestlers put their bodies on the line and they go out there and they tear the house down. I don't understand that. Like, just because you pay money for to go to a show doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want. You don't get to jump over the barricade and try to attack said wrestler. Because you would go to jail for that. Like, you better be lucky that it couldn't got... Like, if it got worse, that's on AAA's hands. Just saying. Now, continuing on with Scarlett Bordeaux, she is released from Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling confirmed it on their Twitter. They say Impact Wrestling confirms that it has released Scarlett Bordeaux from her commitments to Impact. We wish her every success in her future endeavors. Now, where does she go from here? I don't know. Does she go to uh, NXT? I mean, Vince would probably lose his mind seeing a woman like Scarlett Bordeaux. Or does she go to AEW? I I think she might work well if she went to AEW. Just to uh, get people talking, you know? To get... Like, to get people to know more about her. Like, if she goes to WWE, she's getting an automatic push. Because Vince has his uh, way with women's wrestling. But I think she might progress even more if she went to NXT. And she worked at the PC. Or, who knows, we might see her in the Mae Young Classic. I'm not saying she should go to WWE. The choice is hers. Because I support wherever she what she does. And wherever she goes, that's on her. That's on her. So, hopefully she finds some success and uh, she makes it last. Now, Impact Wrestling, I believe this is really, really petty right here. Impact Wrestling reportedly considering if Killer Cross broke his contract. Alright, so, Killer Cross recently took part of the Wrestling Perspective podcast where he aired a lot of dirty laundry about that that uh, Impact Wrestling isn't happy at all about this. PW Insider reports that Impact Wrestling officials are absolutely unhappy about the recent remarks Cross made while speaking to Petey Williams on his podcast. Williams is a producer with Impact Wrestling, but there isn't said to be any heat on him. Now, it is said that Impact Wrestling was under the impression that they would work with Killer Cross on his contract and also help him get a third-party... Uh, booking on the outside. However, that did that didn't seem to come up. In fact, Impact Wrestling is discussing the fact that Cross might have violated a very important clause in his Impact Wrestling contract. There was talk over the weekend that some in the company felt Cross may have broken the non-disbargement clause of his deal with com- with comparison to Eli Drake. Killer Cross didn't really attack Impact Wrestling per se, but he did make it known that he is not happy with his current contract. He also revealed a lot about Scarlett Bordeaux's current situation that on top being a star on Impact Wrestling, she must also keep a full-time job where she, and she lives with her mother as well. Now, I'm unaware of this. Like, I'm just going to say this again. I'm going to say this with Killer Cross. Like, if he wants out, let him out. That's all you got to do. Let him out of his contract. And he literally wants out. He wants to venture somewhere else, whether it's he wants to work AAA, whether he wants to work AEW, or he wants to work New Japan, or NXT. Like, like let him out of his contract. That That's not that hard. That is seriously not that hard, you know? Now, I did see 
um, Aerostar do his little dive off the top where he legit, I literally thought he legit landed on his neck and I thought he might have broken his neck. But um, Brian Alvarez, he updated uh, his injury status on Wrestling Observer Radio. He said that he suffered a concussion, so but he'll be fine. So that's good news. And uh, hopefully, I like I, that's just, I mean, I understand he's a risk taker and he, he's going to take risks. But dude, the way he landed... Uh, I'm already, I just don't want to, I just don't want to, uh, see stuff like that again, but now he was wearing a neck brace, uh, uh, in the morning at the airport. So, uh, it's, it's just that 20 feet, he landed on his neck to the floor. That's what Dave Meltzer said. They were played it three times. Aerostar fell from 20 feet, landed on his neck and on the floor. That's way too much. But, man. Man, it could have been worse, man. It could have been worse. Hopefully, that let's try and avoid that. But, I mean, yeah, I, I just don't... I cringe every time I see someone's neck almost getting broken. I, I don't want to see that. But turning in, man, we got some sad news coming from ICW. I, I mean, I haven't been watching ICW, but... It breaks my heart to hear stuff like this. It really does. So, Adrian Lionheart McCollum, who was the current ICW champion, uh, he passed away at the age of 35 years old. Now, ICW released a statement. They said, we are heartbroken to learn the tragic death of ICW World Heavyweight Champion Adrian Lionheart McCallum. Adrian was the mainstay of ICW in British professional wrestling. Most importantly, he was our friend. His passing leaves a huge hole in the lives of those who knew him. Yesterday, McCollum worried some fans as he quote Rick uh, Gervais' character from the show Afterlife after he tweeted out, One day you will eat your last meal. You will smell your last flower. You will hug your friend for the last time. You might not know it's the last time. That's why you must do everything you love with passion. So I want to send my condolences to his family, his friends. I'm sending my condolences to the ICW family, to British, to the people who knew him. Like, if there's more details about his death, like some people say he might have committed suicide. I don't know. He was found dead. But this is something that I just don't like hearing when I when it comes to professional wrestling. At just a young age of 35 years old, man. Young age of 35. And I, I hate hearing stuff like this. I really do. But my fam, the family, I'm going to pray for you guys. I mean, you lost a very special, talented young man who currently holds the um, ICW champion. Now, I don't know how... They, I don't know how they're going to handle this situation, but knowing ICW, they probably will handle it. And it's really hard to hear stuff like this, you know? It really is. I just don't like hearing news about a wrestler passing away because we welcome them to our homes. Now, I don't know him personally. I don't know Lionheart personally, but but I heard he's done a lot of great work in ICW. But, man... That's just too soon. Gone too soon. Gone too soon, man. So, I'm praying for his family, his friends through this difficult time. And let's respect their privacy. Let's respect their privacy. But I know things are going to get better. 
it's just it just sucks to talk about stuff like that, man. Cause I think we all went through situations like this. But my thoughts and prayers to uh, the ICW family. My thoughts and prayers to uh, Adrian's family and his friends going through this difficult time. And I saw a GoFundMe page that the fans are doing to help get the cost for the funeral, which I might be thinking about it. I might think about it, but I'm glad the fans are helping out any way that they can. So let's try and move on. Let's move on from this. And let's talk about um, Vince McMahon. Yeah, we got to transition that to WWE. Yeah, I know. I don't like that at all. But Vince McMahon reportedly has no problem with contract tampering in certain situations. The sports entertainment business can be cutthroats at times, but Chael Sonnen, I don't know if I pronounced it right. I apologize. Uh, His recent elaboration on an older story that that he's been telling for over a year recently gained a lot of attention. Now, he claimed that WWE offered him $1 million to jump to UFC from jump from UFC to WWE if he no-showed the UFC 148 event. However, that was that offer was allegedly boosted to $5 if he could win the UFC middleweight title from eight from Anderson Silva and come to WWE with that belt as well. Now, Dave Meltzer, he discussed this during uh, Wrestling Observer Radio where he expressed a lot of doubt that he's that his story holds up. After all, um, he has no issues uh, talking to someone who is under contract with another company, but they have their limits. Melsa said, and I quote, the only thing we've seen is that Vince will tamper with certain contracts, but they're usually with companies he feels are like smaller. I mean, he's never tampered with big company contracts, I mean, they do. They did do it with new, not New Japan, with Ring of Honor, and they never did it again because they ended up with that. But because that that ended up with they, man, whoever's writing this needs their grammar fixed. Ended up with uh, illegal threats on them. Have they done that with made MLW? Yeah, I suppose. And I'm gonna talk about that in the, right after I read this quote. Um, yeah, I suppose they may have, or pop, probably have. Uh, who knows? As far as UFC, they're not going to do that. They're not going to leave themselves open to a lawsuit from, like, UFC small... No, not a small company. Neither is Sinclair. But I don't think they thought Sinclair was going to get involved. Vince McMahon might not have an issue going after who he wants, but there are some limits. A lawsuit is not a good look for WWE, especially one that they won't win. If contract tampering can be proven, then there could be some serious problems for them. Of course, none of that will keep WWE from talking to someone who might be signed to a smaller promotion without the legal clout to take WWE on in court. Now, I mean, speaking of MLW, I did hear that WWE... And AEW's are interested in, I think his name is Jacob Fatu, who is currently working in MLW. Now, if you could correct me if I'm wrong, but they're interested in having, well, WWE's interested in having an, another NOI f- member down in WWE. And I think AEW wants him to show, 
to show the world what he's really capable of. I see him going to AEW, but knowing what WWE is probably going to offer him, they might give him a deal that he can't refuse and he's going to be a part of WWE. So we'll see what happens. But Vince tampering with uh, now Vince saying that he has no problem with contract tampering in certain situations. Yeah, if I was you, Vince, I would not do that. I wouldn't do that. You want to risk legal threats because that would leave a bad name on your company. Just saying. So if I was you, I would stop with that. Now, during Raw, like before Raw starts, they always tape main events and I ask, nobody watches main event. I don't watch main event, but there is a newsworthy, there is some news coming out of this show. Now, Dana Brooke was facing Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan, she's debuting this Viking gimmick. And Dana Brooke, she was busted open that the match had to be stopped. Now, like she, like what happened is, um, she hit, she, um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to collect my thoughts for a second, but it seems that things went a little too far. Now, Brooke was busted open in the process after hitting the ring post with her head. And the ref, they stopped the match. She was bleeding profusely. And I seen like I see the photo of her bleeding. Now, again, I respect Dana Brooke because she's working hard to become a better professional wrestler. And I respect people who do stuff like that. Now, this is just a hiccup. She walked out with the towel on her head. Cause there were there was just blood pouring all over her head. So she should be fine, but it is what it is. I'm not going to complain about that. It mean, accidents happen. Accidents happen. And it was just an accident. I didn't think things went too far. I think it was just... I think she just accidentally hit her head too hard on the ring pose, making it bleed. I don't know what it is. But hopefully she's, she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. But if this is their way of getting her to better herself in the ring, then... Really, you should send her back to the PC so she could get better. But, and like I said, I don't, I don't mind wrestlers getting better. Like, if they're green and they want to get better, I, I respect that, okay? So, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, um, complain too much about it. But, you know, I hope she, like, I think she's going to be fine. I think Dana Brooke is going to be fine. Um, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon's push. Infuriating. WWE superstar. <laughs> well, not superstar. Superstars. <laughs> you don't say. It's infuriating me that I got to see him on TV every Raw and SmackDown. Again. Shaming Man took a long break from WWE and everyone was very excited to see him return. Ah, oh, the good old days when he returned at WrestleMania 32. Made that surprise return. I was, I was caught off guard and I remember where I was when Shane McMahon made his return. Um... However, now we have to see what now we have way more Shane McMahon on television than any fan expected we, we would in 2019. There's currently a rumor going around that Shane could set up could be set up to take the title off of Kofi Kingston. Blah! Uh, I'm just have now my stomach hurts just thinking about that. And I still it still hurts talking about it on the last episode. While there is just a while this is just a rumor, it seems to be growing a concern with the WWE fan base. Fightful Select 
reports that there's a growing frustration backstage in WWE over the amount of time Shane McMahon is getting with this push. Shane McMahon isn't personally critic isn't being personally criticized, but the situation has become has been described as infuriating. Sean Ross Sapp said, and I quote, "We've not heard of Shane being criticized personally, but that the decision to have heavily feature Shane McMahon in the middle of the wild card rule scenario." scenario that already limits screen time for uh, others is infuriating. It was also noted that the fact that Shane McMahon doesn't work house shows is a confusing point, considering how much attention he received on screen. WWE isn't pushing a lot of talents who is who is who who works on the road, but instead Vince McMahon's son is getting a lot of focus on television. That This isn't fair, and although the word nepotism wasn't specifically used in the FIFO Report, there's really no better word that could properly describe what's going on. I am tired of Shane McMahon on television. He's taken up way too much time on people who really, 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 really deserves it. And I can understand why most of the talents are frustrated or infuriated because they're not getting screen time. And it has to be taken up by Shane McMahon. Now, I'm going to be blunt and honest here. I just... Like, every time I see Shane on television, I, I, I just mute the TV. I really do. And I, I'm not going to lie right there. I just mute the TV because I just don't give a shit. And that's the God honest truth. But if I was WWE, you might as well end this stupid storyline with Shane and Roman and Shane and The Miz, which for some reason is still continuing. Just end it. Put it out of our misery and focus on something fresh like, I don't know, getting Buddy Murphy on SmackDown Live, putting ideas for Alistair Black, getting Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev who apparently acts with time off, which is rightfully so because he was, uh, I believe he was stressed out working with WWE. So he's going to be back soon, but I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. They really need to scale back on Shane McMahon and focus on the talent that they currently have on their roster instead of having them sitting in catering doing absolutely nothing. And this is why the morale is so low. Moving on. WWE encouraging superstars to submit ambitious ideas. Oh, let's submit ambitious ideas just for it to get flushed down the toilet by Vince McMahon again. Who cares? I, I don't think this is... I, I don't buy into this. I really don't. Now... WWE is controlled by Vince McMahon, and nothing makes it on television without his approval. However, it looks like they're open to suggestions at this point. Although Moxley spoke in-depth about the struggles of getting his ideas heard in WWE, it looks like the company could be turning a new leaf because Fightful Select reports that WWE is encouraging their superstars to submit more ambitious ideas to creative. The WWE's locker room is full of ideas that might never be used on camera. Perhaps with this new policy to encourage sharing of ideas, something might be done about those unused ideas. Of course, Lana has spoken up in the past about her ideas being stolen and used for other superstars. Hopefully, some of these ideas will be used without much tweaking because they could really use a fresh feel for the product. And like I said, here's what you could do. Have... The wrestlers write their own promos. Let let them not be scripted. Like let them go out there and let things organically happen, and let the crowd decide who gets to push, who gets what. Like I like I just don't understand how 
they're relying on superstars to give them ambitious ideas only for it to get tossed in the trash by Vince McMahon. Again, I, I don't buy into this. I really don't. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I just don't buy into it. WWE not getting, well, the WWE crew not getting the best feeling about Stomping Ground. Well, I looked at the tickets on Ticketmaster for Stomping Grounds. They are not looking good. I've seen it before I hit that record button, and my goodness, it is terrible. Absolutely terrible. WWE in your house event produced some memorable matches, but for every amazing match, there was a slew of others that just aren't worth mem- remembering. WWE Stomping Ground could fall into that category lit in the latter. At this point, WWE Stomping Ground looks like a weak card because it is. I mean, you wonder why, because it's nothing but rematches. There is some promise for great matches, but we'll have to see. So we got, like, the only three matches I'm looking forward to is Ricochet versus Samoa Joe for, well, Ricochet versus Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. We have the tag titles, the SmackDown tag titles on the line. I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, I'm looking forward to the Cruiserweights, which, sadly, they might be on the pre-show. Now, Russell Votes seems to echo the idea that Stomping Ground event might be lackluster at best. <laughs> well, of course it's going to be lackluster. The pay-per-view is already lackluster because you only got two weeks to build towards this fucking pay-per-view. Uh, it is said that they are getting the same feeling as they once did before the run of the mill in your house event back in the day. Texan- now, Russell Votes said in a tweet, and I quote, Texan with a WWE source who travels with the crew said the vibe going into Sunday's pay-per-view is similar to the vibe around the In Your House shows from back in the days. Lack of a meaningful matches, low ticket sales in general, feeling remi- general feeling reminds them of 1995 to 1996. Yikes. WWE has one more chance. Well, they had that chance on SmackDown. I'll talk about that later. But, but man, I, I got nothing. Like, I already stated my case with uh, Stomping Ground. We're going to get to the prediction of that when we, right after we talk about SmackDown Live. And I might run quick through it, or I might just rant and complain and bitch and moan like I always do. But it is what it is. Now, I want to say congratulations, my quick congratulations to Matt and Rebby Hardy. for expe- They're about to expect a third child. So, what would it be, a boy or a girl? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, so, congratulations to uh, Matt and uh, Rebby Hardy. So, adding another member of the Hardy Compound family. And it will be delightful. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Medusa. WWE Hall of Famer Medusa says WWE's version of history for women's revolution, for the women's revolution, is bullshit. Uh. Whilst recently speaking to FIFO, Alundra Blaze, a.k.a. Medusa, had a lot to say about the WWE's women's revolution, how the women's revolution is viewed in WWE. Because although WWE likes to paint the picture of Trish, Trish Stratus and Lita planning the seeds to the women's revolution, that is bullshit. Alundra, Alundra Blaze said, and I quote, There is nothing wrong with Trish Stratus or, the, or all the other girls. It always starts right there. It always... Starts at the Attitude Era and forward. Fuck that. She continues on saying, it's, forgot, it's a forgotten era behind there. Bullshit. I was pissed off when Vince let me go. Why would he let just the women go and continue with just the men? I'm going to start a revolution because I had enough women. Because I had enough. Women don't need to be treated like this. Why do we get let go? 
I understood because Vince was going through a lot with the IRS and steroid problems. He was trying to downsize, but why not let some guys go? Why the women? WWE did away with the women's title for years after Medusa trashed the title, which is a very iconic moment in WCW. When they brought it back as the Divas title, it had much different it had a much different look and feel to it. However, in the past few years, the revolution, the women's revolution finally kicked into high gear, which saw an all-female WrestleMania main event. It's important not to forget about Alundra Blaze and everything she did during her time with the company. At least that's what she's hoping. And I'm going to say it, she's the unsung hero of women's wrestling, and I don't think people give her enough credit. Like, you can make a list of unsung heroes in women's wrestling. Like, I'm even throwing Lufisto in. I kept mentioning this on Twitter, that Lufisto was the true pioneer of women's wrestling. Now, I, I could go on and on about Lufisto, but, I mean, she hasn't been in WWE, but she put women's wrestling on the independent scene on the map. Alundra Blaze doesn't get enough credit, but it is what it is. Simple as that. Now, some sad news from Law Sullivan. Apparently, he's going to be out until next year. Now, he recently got surgery on his knee, and if he, like, he's going to be out for a long, long time. So, I'm going to keep this short for him. I hope he makes a good, speedy recovery. I don't like wrestlers getting injured, but uh, it should give him time to uh, just, like, reevaluate what he did in the past. Like, I know he apologized, but the dude's or he's already, it's already gone ever since they let him speak at uh, the go-home show for Super Showdown. And, like, I don't know. They just stripped everything that made Law Sullivan felt Im- feel important on NXT. But, but uh, I hope he makes a speedy recovery and have some positive vibes, man. Have some positive vibes. Nikki Bella reveals that she has a cyst, I don't know if I pronounced it right, on her brain. Now, Nikki Bella will not be wrestling ever again. She might tease a return to the ring because the itch might always be there to compete. However, her time is done and for a good reason. While speaking to The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Nikki revealed the extent of her injuries. She not only had to have neck surgery, which still leaves her neck not feeling okay, but she also has a herniated disc and a cyst on her brain. Nikki Bella said, and I quote, I really wanted to go back and fight for the tag titles. I always have had my neck issues, and after neck surgery, it hasn't been okay. I feel like I needed to get that checked up before we went back for the tag titles. I herniated, I herniated the disc above where I had surgery. I had all inflammations around the metal, and I have a cyst on my brain. These are very serious diagnoses. Therefore, it's no wonder why she had to hang up her wrestling boots for good. Nikki Bell is still working out and keeps up keeping in shape, which which is good for her, but she's not preparing for bumps anymore. Instead, she's investing her time and energy into the outside venture ventures, which includes her wine brand and appearing on the confirmed fifth season of Total Bellas. Now, I will say this, and I'm going to be upfront and honest. Like, yes, Nikki Bella, she had some great moments in uh, WWE. And I'm glad she's putting her health first thing, trying to get back in the in the ring. I understand that you want to compete for the women's tag titles, but health is always important. Now, I did not know that she had a cyst in the brain. And if anybody is happy that she's hanging up the hanging up her boots for good because of that, you have no soul. 
But it's sad to hear that. But um, because she really improved. Uh, like back then she was green as grass, and we just crapped on her. We talked about. Like, we know there's people who crapped on her surpassing AJ Lee's title reign because they wanted to stick it to to AJ Lee and CM Punk. But it is what it is. And your health is the most important thing. Like, yes, it would be nice to see Nikki back, but your health is really important. And I don't want to risk you possibly dying in the ring. So... As glad I'm glad that she's working out, and I'm really, really glad that um she's taking care of her body to prevent um to pre- like she's hanging up her boots for good. And all I can say is good luck in your next chapter, uh, Nikki Bella. Good luck in your next chapter. Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about Raw. I mean, it was just eh, just there, lackluster go home show, and the same could be said for SmackDown, which we will talk about later. Now, Elias, he opened the show, craps on the L.A. crowd, typical heel booking 101, crap on said city about said sport team to get heel heat. He reveals that he'll be the special guest referee at Stomping Grounds, but Rollins comes out, lays out Elias with the chair, warns anyone about thinking of being a special guest referee, and it ends with choose wisely, because you got a chair waiting for you. So... We had a fatal five-way elimination match and done right for once. Well, done right after whatever you called uh, that fatal four-way elimination at Super Showdown. No, not at Super Showdown, but on the Raw like three weeks ago. Now, before the match, you had um, The Miz come out first. He hit a skull-crushing finale on Elias. I believe um, Bobby Lashley came out next. He hit a spear on Elias. Ricochet came out. He hit um, the 630 on Elias. We had um, Cesaro hitting that uh, giant swing uh, on Elias. And finally, Braun Strowman hit a power slam on Elias. Too much burial for Elias. I mean, the dude had potential, but now he's just... A loser. He's just a loser. He's constantly getting buried. I don't know why. I just don't know why. So, the match was decent. I will say that. The match was pretty good. But there's, like, if I had to take away for this, I did not like the fact that Cesaro was the first person eliminated. And, like, I don't understand. Like, Cesaro is so talented, yet you refuse to push this guy into the top position. Like, he carries Strowman in a burning hammer position. Like, he didn't do a burning hammer. He did, like, some sort of, uh, some, I'm trying to think. It's some slam, but in a burning hammer position. But that dude has incredible strength. So, the order goes, Strowman eliminated Cesaro with the power slam. He eliminated Lashley with the power slam. Ricochet managed to hit the 630 on Braun Strowman. And it was with, um, it's with... Because of uh, Cesaro and Bobby Lashley, they hold his arms and legs while Ricochet gets the pin. And Ricochet, he pins The Miz in a pretty back, in a nice, decent back and forth. I didn't find anything about it because I don't like Babyface Miz. I really don't. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. Babyface Miz is boring. Ah, I miss the good old days when Miz was a heel and he was cutting promos so good that you would hate him for it. Man... 
Where is that Miz? Where is that Miz? Did he lose his balls or something? Where is it? Anyway, so Ricochet, he won. He's going to challenge Samoa Joe at Stomping Ground. That's, and I'm looking forward to this match because it's fresh. Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. So, moving on. We have Becky Lynch. She arrived. She called out Lacey Evans. She mentions that she's tired of hearing about Lacey Evans currying favors backstage. And she talks a big game. Now, Evans comes out, and I had a nice little chuckle when Becky mocked her for talking so slowly. So, Evans mentioned that she's a former U.S. Marine, and I even wrote on my notes that it took them seven months to mention that, to mention that she's a Marine. You could have done that earlier. You could have done, like, some sort of, uh, like, vignette about Lacey Evans. What, how should we get invested in Lacey Evans? Now, she mentions that the that she's what the women's division deserves, what she needs. No, no, Lacey. The only thing the women's division deserves is, a, is legitimacy. There's no legitimacy on both women's divisions. In which I say, why not merge the women's division and have it feel important and have wins and losses feel important? That's all I'm saying. Now, Becky lays her out with the Bexploder. And that was it. And she walks out with Lacey Evans' hat. Brian and Rowan comes out, and he mentions that Raw and the LA crowd and the LA Los Angeles sucks. I actually laughed when Brian said Los Angeles sucked. No, not Los Angeles. He, I laughed when he said uh, Raw sucked. Now, to anyone who's listening to LA, I apologize if I laughed at that. But I mean, you can't deny Daniel Bryan speaking facts. Now. He mentions that he will humiliate Rollins in the main event, which I'm going to harp on that. And then my my prayers came. The War Raiders are back, and they beat two enhancement talents, which, which I did not mind. Which I didn't mind because they haven't been seen for a long time. They haven't been seen in four weeks. And props to the L.A. crowd. For chanting war because that's what they are. They're the war raiders, not the Viking Raiders, Mr. McMahon. So they beat two enhancement talents with the with Thor's hammer, not the Viking experience. Um because I refuse to call it that. Like I literally thank the wrestling gods for bringing the war raiders back. So Slater is backstage, he's with Shane. The Revival and Drew McIntyre, well, they were having their little VIP party. Shane came, no, Slater came out. He asked for a raise in which Shane said, nope. So he walked out. He He's on a phone with, I believe, his wife. Drew McIntyre, tri- former 3MB, tries to help him out, gives him money, drops the money on the floor, and he beats the crap out of Heath Slater. And, you, and I actually laughed that The Revival um, took, took the money and ran off. So, Sammy, Sammy and Kale show with Baron Corbin. I did not care less. I didn't care about this. And Baron Corbin announces that he knows a ref that could count to, that could count to three. So, he introduces... Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, my goodness. So... EC3, he was going to be the official for this ref, for this show, for stomping ground, only for Seth Rollins to lay him out with a chair shot. And the New Day, the New Day come out. 
And this wild card rule, again, is non-existent. Is, it doesn't mean a damn thing to me. It doesn't mean, like, I don't understand why we have this wild card rule. But, man, they arrive and a match was announced. And, by the way, it was a two out of three falls match. A six-man tag and a two out of three falls match. And they use EC3 as a man, as the way to sanction this match. I feel sorry for EC3, man. I really do. And, man, I miss the good old days when his team was like, Whoa. Whoa. Oh, my goodness, the good old days. Again, I stress this time and time again. Why did you call up EC3 if you knew this is the outcome that you're going to get? I think this is Vince McMahon just saying, wait, that's that Derek Bateman guy. Oh, he's trying to find success outside of WWE. Fuck him. Let's punish him. Put him in the lower card. And John Moxley's exposed Vince McMahon knowing that it was going to backfire and it backfired. And now he's never going to recover. Ay, 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 ay. Ay, 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 ay. I really feel bad for EC3. If he need like, if there's one person who needs to leave WWE, it's EC3. Or better yet, send him back to NXT. Send him back to NXT because he was called up way too soon. I I just, I just feel bad for EC3. I really do. So, moving on, we have AJ talking with the trainer, with the medical trainer, and out comes Gallows and Anderson, the Good Brothers. Now Styles gives them a prep talk about how they're uh. They only signed a contract just for the money. When was the last time they won a match in WWE? When was the last time they won a match on Raw? So, now, there is news. There is news that um, they might have signed a new contract. They might have re-signed with WWE. So, I'm taking this with a grain of salt. Now, PW Torch, Tom Colohue, proposed that the segments with Gallows and Anderson on Raw this week could imply that the Good Brothers have signed new WWE contracts. Now, Tom said, and I quote, This very much suggests that the new contracts they might have signed after all for Gallows and Anderson. And it's very... So, I I, I could see them doing something with the club. They, sh- they should have done something with that. I don't know. But I forgot to mention this. Now... Going back, like, we're going to rewind a little bit. So, you know that uh, promo Elias did crapping on the L.A. crowd? Now, Dave Meltzer explained how WWE simply recycled this abandoned Dean Ambrose promos last night on Raw as they had Elias fill in. Now, Meltzer, he said, Moxley explained this whole thing that Vince wanted and he didn't want to do it. And so, Elias did it. And it's just like... After a lot of people heard that podcast with them to go in there and have Elias do it, it is like that's almost kind of weird to me. But it's like we've we've liked it, like we liked it, and we haven't been in Los Angeles, and now we're going to Los Angeles. So god damn it, we're gonna have someone do this interview. So we'll have Elias do it, and he did it, and it did sound familiar after what John Moxley said on Talk Is Jericho. Yeah, let's recycle something old and do something different, right? Do something new, right? Whatever. Whatever. So, 
New Day, they defeated, like, let's fast forward here. New Day, they defeated Owens, Sammy, and Corbin in a two out of three falls match. Corbin got pinned, by the way. You know, the guy who's challenging for the Universal Championship at Stomping Ground. Logic Gap. The Usos, they defeated Gallows and Anderson. Uh, like, what a way to prep talk them. Roman takes out Shane McIntyre. Shane McMahon, Drew McIntyre, and The Revival. I wasn't paying attention to this match. Now, the Iconics, they actually defended their titles. And again, they they shitted on the Los Angeles crowd again. Typical booking because they're too lazy to write. They're too lazy to write. And they defended their titles against Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. In which, this match was three minutes. Did not care about it. It was god-awful. Like, I'm literally at the point where I'm literally, literally saying, I wish those titles would mean something, but they just don't mean a damn thing. Like, this like the Gatorade that I just drinked has more meaning than the women's tag titles, and that's sad. Like, this empty Gatorade bottle, it has more meaning than the WWE women's tag titles. So, the Iconics, they retain. Nikki Cross gets pinned by Billy Kay. Awful match. And... I just, I just don't care. I just don't care. So, f- the best part, Firefly Funhouse. Bray's Gardening talks about worms. And people lying that the earth is round, so WWE's admitting that the earth is flat. Scratching my head right now. And they talked, and he also said dinosaurs aren't, ex- aren't extinct. And things got a little creepy, and... I just, I would recommend watching it. it I, I loved it. It was so creepy. It's hard to, like, dissect that one. So, we have Rollins versus Brian. The, the first match ended in a DQ. And and you had uh, the Usos, the Revival, New Day, KO, KO and Sammy brawling. And the match restarted with all the guys barred from ringside, barred from the arena. Match was okay. And Rollins, he beats Seth Rollins. No, Rollins, he beats Seth Rollins. What the hell I'm saying? Well, he does beat Seth Rollins. But Rollins, he beats Daniel Bryan. I asked, why would you give away this match on for free when this is a WrestleMania-worthy match? And I just don't understand. Like, what are they fighting for? What's, what's their uh, reason for them fighting? I, I just want to know. Why? What? Why? And again, why is Daniel Bryan losing? He's one half of the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And he's losing. Champions should not be losing yet. I know this is going to be... Now, what the difference between NXT when their champion loses, it actually has meaning. Which I will talk about when we get to NXT. But this, this is just lazy WWE trying to get... uh. Trying to build momentum for Seth Rollins when you could when you could have done something differently instead of sacrificing Daniel Bryan. Just saying. So post match, Baron Corbin lays him out with lays him out, stands tall with the title, and that was it. I did not care about this. Now, the wild card rule. So we have the new day counts as three. We have Roman Reigns, Elias, Daniel Bryan, and Rowan, and the Iconics, who are still a part of SmackDown, by the way. So that's nine. So they pretty much broke the rule of the wildcard rule. I, I don't care about it. I don't care about the wildcard. Like, I honestly don't understand why do you even have the wildcard rule. Like, that, like, this is the best that you got. Seriously, that's the best that you got? So 
let's go through the poll, the Twitter poll for Monday Night Raw. Like, I'm about to go through it right now on Twitter. So, 34% thumbs up, 31% in the middle, 7% thumbs down, 28% didn't watch. I mean, that's your opinion. Like, it was, like, the first 30 minutes, it was fine. The rest was like that. That's what it sounds like. And no, I did not fart, okay? I'm just using my mouth. I'm just using the sound effect like this. Anyway, SmackDown Live. Let's talk about SmackDown Live. The New Day opened the show to hype stomping ground. Ziggler comes out, mentions that it should have been me. It should have been me all along. And at stomping ground, it will be me. Uh, Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If I was Dolph Ziggler, it should have been you. You should have went to AEW because I know how good you are. But man, 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 man. Like, you shouldn't be wasting your time in WWE. That's all I'm saying. Now, moving on, we have Ziggler defeating Woods in a pretty decent match. It was okay. It was good for what it was. But it was predictable. It was too predictable. We all knew that Ziggler was going to go over Xavier Woods. And I think people need to stop sleeping on Xavier Woods, man, because the dude is impressive as a singles competitor. He is impressive. So if I'm everybody, like, I would not sleep on Xavier Woods. Like, give him an intercontinental title shot or something because the dude is incredible. The dude is absolutely incredible. So we had, well, before a moment of bliss, we had B-Team and Shelton Benjamin trying to officiate for a stomping ground. And Matt Hardy comes out, and I chuckled, and he said, Senor Benjamin, it's your turn. I laughed at that. So, moment of bliss with Bailey, you know, something that they've done two weeks ago. Uh, so, Bliss saw through Bailey and NXT. Like, Bailey wanted her to know that I'm tired of you talking behind my back. I want you to say it to my face. So, Bliss says that she saw through Bailey and NXT called her a fake and a liar. Bailey tells her that Bliss is using Nikki like she used Nia Jax and Mickey James and calls her an entitled princess that doesn't that doesn't earn a damn thing. And I side with Bailey 100%. Bliss said that she's better than Bailey. <laughs> Are you serious? And her response is that she's never needed anyone to get ahead, and they brawled with Bliss laying out Bailey. I did not care about this. Like, yes, Alexa Bliss is good on the mic, but it's her in-ring skills that gets a thumbs down. So, Cruz, he is looking for Andrade, and apparently this is a feud right now. And I want to send my condolences to Andrade. Um, His aunt passed away shortly after his mother, after his mother passed, so... And and I'm I'm just trying to uh, put it in words, you know. I, but man, this is hard for Andrade. He lost his mother after he competed, like shortly after his match with uh, Finn Balor for the IC title, and now he loses his auntie shortly after his mom passed. Praying for his family, man. Like, and I think he's gonna need some time off so he could be with his family through this difficult time. So hopefully he result. hopefully everything is going to be better, but I know things are going to get better for Andrade because 
I know his mom and his aunt are watching up above because they know that they're proud of him. And I know that for a fact. So, so I just want to send my quick condolences to Andrade and his family because that news broke. Uh, and he posted about it on Twitter. And I really, it's really hard talking about losing a family member because I, because I know what it feels like, man. I know what it feels like. So, my thoughts and prayers are with you, Andrade, to his family, to your family, and to your friends if you're listening. But uh, you, the wrestling community, they ha- they got your back, man. They got your back. They're praying for you, and they're sending their condolences as well. Heavy Machinery beat the B team. Like I mean, this was predictable because the B team, B team, no, 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 B team, B team, please go, go, go your separate ways and find success for yourself. Bo Dallas, you could join up with Bray Wyatt. Curtis Axel, I honestly think he should be at the mid-card level instead of being this joke team. So, post-math, post-math, <laughs> post-match, Seth Rollins comes out and it lays the B-team out with chairs. Alistair Black cuts a promo, and again, I'm just going to continue to say this, he's the Dutch Destroyer, right? Why are you letting him cut promos when you can let him go out there and perform in the ring? I don't care if, if this is about um him rebuilding his character. Like, you, t- you stripped away everything that made him special in NXT. Like, I-, I don't understand this. Like, how about he just picks a fight with a guy like Randy Orton? He could pick a fight with a guy like Shinsuke Nakamura. Or better yet, he could pick a fight with Buddy Murphy or Mustafa Ali, who, by the way, Mustafa and Buddy Murphy competed in a match before SmackDown Live. Need I say more? Need I say more? But I'm tired of them wasting away Alistair Black. And is this is this a running gag? Like, is ser- seriously, is this a running gag? That I'm complaining about Alistair Black not being used in the ring. He could tell the stories in the ring. And then having him sit in this dark room. Like, I could sit in a bathroom cutting a promo. And just... I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing, man. I'm tired of them ruining Alistair Black. They're killing the mystique. What made him special in NXT. They have not followed what NXT stand stood for, by the way. So, Shane is out with Elias and Drew build up to build up McIntyre's match against Roman Reigns. And by the, ra- by the way, Roman wasn't on SmackDown. He wasn't on SmackDown Live. So, Miz said that Shane made both shows about him and his, and his pals. And he's sick of it. And the WWE Universe is sick of it. Miz, he blames himself for creating a monster. And Shane makes a tag team match with, with Elias and McIntyre. And Miz and a partner of his choosing only for 10 seconds. And he stumbles upon our truth. And he says, Awesome Truth is reunited for one night. So, my take on this, and I think JD said it best, they know the problem, but they mock us. Like, they find a way to mock us, and they continue to mock us. Shame on you, WWE. You talk about listening to your fans, shame on you. You want to mock them? Shame on you. Just shame on you, Vince. Shame on you. Fucking shame on you. So, the Iconics, backstage, the Iconics, they bump into AOP. Yep, they're still employed. They're back. And I don't know if they're moving to SmackDown Live or whatever this wildcard rule is. Because what is a brand split? And out comes, and they bump into Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and Paige. 
if I did not tell you that I shed a tear seeing my girls back after four weeks, I don't know what to tell you. Now, Paige said that they want a shot at the women's tag titles, but the Iconics said, nope, we got all the schedules full. So Paige said, you know what? You're going to face the Kabuki Warriors at to- in Tokyo next week. And if they win, they get a title shot. And it will be iconic. And I laughed when Asuka and Kyrie and Paige did the iconic pose. And now I want to make three things clear. Number one, like, yes, I'm happy. Like, I'm happy that the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kyrie Sane are back. And they're still in this tag title hunt, which I want to I want to mention. Number two, is this the way of how we crown a number one contender? Do we really have to pin said champion? Like, those women's titles, they're meaningless to begin with, but do we really have to pin said champion to uh, build towards to make them number one contenders? And number three, wasn't this match in Japan advertised as a tag title match? So I guess they changed it because they know if they have the Iconics go over Asuka and Kairi Sane in Japan, then it's going to be all downhill from WWE right there. And for their fans. For the fans of Asuka and Kairi Sane. Now, I see this as a way of having them get the big win in Japan, even though Asuka is going to challenge for the Raw Women's title in Japan against Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. So, I propose a proposition, since you don't have no tag teams, what I would do, take the titles off of off of the Iconics, put it on Oscar and Kyrie Sane, send them to NXT, have them work some NXT shows, it will benefit more for Oscar because the way that this woman's been booked, absolutely horrendous. And you could mix it up with NXT UK, like Jenny, Ver- Jenny and Jazzy Gabber versus Oscar and Kyrie Sane, you could do Team Kick, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox when they return, Versus Oscar and Kyrie Sane, Karen Q and Jia Lee versus Oscar and Kyrie Sane. I'm already thinking about some great matches right there. So hopefully they make those titles feel important. So we have McIntyre and Elias beating Awesome Truth. Did not care about this match and more 24/7 shenanigans. We have Ember Moon in the back brawling with Sonya Deville, which likely means we will get a match between uh, Ember Moon and Sonya Deville next week. So. Three storylines for the women on SmackDown. Hmm, not bad, but but it. I just want to see them wrestle. That's all. Less talky, more wrestle. So, continuing on. Um. So our truth, he was trying to get in his uh, his van, his his Uber driver, and he sees Carmella. But you really think it's Carmella? It's not Carmella. It is Drake Maverick dressed up as Carmella. And he rolls up R-Truth to win the 24-7 title. And I want to say congratulations to Drake Maverick. He recently got married to Mae Young Classic competitor Renee Michelle. And he lost the title to R-Truth at his wedding. And I find it funny that Renee Michelle said, I want a divorce after that. (laughs) I laughed at that. So they need to keep the 24-7 title, like, network exclusive. Like, they should keep it as a YouTube thing, a Twitter thing, a Facebook thing, but like, don't put it on television. Keep it as a network, and I think people will be more open to it. So, finally, we have Rollins and Kofi Kingston defeating Sammy and Kevin Owens in in a two-out-of-three-falls match, by the way. 
Also, if you notice, like them, like Ko and Sammy's mannerism, they just they just don't feel motivated. They really don't feel motivated, and it's like they just want to leave. They want to get it over with. So, it is what it is. Now, let's look at the polls for SmackDown Live. We have 18% thumbs up, 41% in the middle, 18% thumbs down, 23% did not watch. Hmm. Wow. Now, moving aside from that, let's talk about Stomping Ground. Let's get into the prediction of this show, because I obviously don't give a shit about this show. It is a meaningless pay-per-view, and as my dog is staring at me, he's like, yeah, I know, it's meaningless. He gave me that look of, yeah, it's meaningless. So, here's the card. It's weak as hell, but there's only three matches that I'm really, really looking forward to. But the rest, I just don't give a shit about. So we're going to start off with the Cruiserweight Championship match. We got Akira Tozawa versus Drew Gulak versus Tony Nese. This should be a good match. But I sadly think this might be on the kickoff show. Because that's how they treat Cruiserweights, right? Um, I'm going with Tony Nese here. I think he's going to retain. It's too early for him to drop the title right now. I could see him dropping it at, say, SummerSlam. It's possible. But I'm going with Tony Nese to retain here. We have... We have a tag team match between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus The New Day. I don't care about this match. And I'm just going to make this quick. I'm going with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They're going to... I want them to win it because they have been pretty much punching bags from tag teams. And The New Day, they don't need this win. They really don't. So, I'm going with KO and Sami. That's my pick. Moving on. Next, we have Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Can you scream rematch? Because it is a rematch from WrestleMania 35. And it's a rematch when they announced the wild card rule. And it's a rematch when McIntyre teamed up with the Revival while the while Roman teamed up with the Usos. I don't care about this match. I'm going with Roman Reigns to win here because I just don't give a damn about this match. <sighs> Moving on. We have the SmackDown Tag Team titles on the line. Heavy Machinery versus Brian and Rowan. I'm looking forward to this match. I think this should be pretty good. But I am going with Rowan and Brian to retain their titles. Because it's too early for them to drop said titles. Moving on, we got Ricochet. Or, oh, I'm sorry. Rick Hockett versus Samoa Joe. Oh, oh, wait, hold up. Samoa Joe? Okay, Samoa Joe. This should be a good match. I don't see Samoa Joe dropping that title since... Rey Mysterio handed the title to him when they could have done it in a different way. Now, I could throw this idea out of having Ricochet win, but he doesn't win the title via disqualification. Like, he doesn't win the title because of disqualification. I see Joe walking out still the champion, and I could see Ricochet winning the title uh, at the next pay-per-view Extreme Rules just to carry that feud a little bit. And when Joe drops that title... I want him up in the main event status, challenging for the universal title, because he should not be in the mid card. He should be in the main event, and that could be the same thing could be said for Ricochet. But I'm going with Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe to retain here. Lacey Evans versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. I don't give a rat's ass about this match, and it's a rematch for Money in the Bank. It's a rematch for Money in the Bank. And I'm even hearing, 
I'm even hearing that they might continue this all the way towards September. Please shoot me in the head. Oh my goodness, I don't want to sit through this feud because this feud is already dead. Yeah, 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 Arrow, I know, this feud is dead. And I'm going with Becky Lynch here. Lacey Evans, they should just, they, they need to kill this feud right here and they need to focus on something different. Or better yet, how about you just merge the women's division into one, have a unification match between Becky Lynch and what well, I'm about to get to. Or if you don't want to do that, there's only one person who is legitimate enough to take the title off of Becky Lynch, and that person is Shayna Baszler. Because Shayna Baszler was backstage on SmackDown Live with the four horsewomen, I don't know why. But I'm going with Becky Lynch here. Alexa Bliss versus Bayley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't care about this match. Every time I see these two in a ring... Now, Nikki Cross is going to be in her corner. Now, every time I see these two in a ring, I always think of, this is your life, Bailey. I always think of um, the candlestick on a pole match, Bliss beating Bailey in her hometown in San Jose for the Raw Women's title. And I just don't see it. I don't see it that way, you know? Like, I don't see Bailey losing this title to a Raw superstar because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Why have the brand split? You might as well just do away with the brand split to begin with. I'm going with Bailey to retain here. I think Nikki Cross is going to screw over Alexa Bliss by accident. And, of course, Alexa Bliss is going to turn on Nikki Cross, which we'll get a feud between them later. Kofi Kingston defending his WWE title against Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage match. Look, I know how good these guys work, work together, but at the same time, I just don't give a damn I don't give a damn about this because they could do something better for Kofi's title run, which is starting to get boring. The same could be said for Seth Rollins. Now, I'm going with Kofi to retain here, and they need to move away from Dolph Ziggler and find some fresh opponents. And I even heard people saying Biggie could turn heel and help Dolph Ziggler win, which would be a shock, but I don't see it happening. So... I got Kofi Kingston retaining. And of course, the main event, which is definitely the main event, Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. I don't care about this match. Special guest referee, possibly Brock Lesnar, just to get that shock value. They're keeping it as a surprise before the show starts. I don't care. I'm going with Seth Rollins to retain here, and hopefully they move on to this, and that is my prediction for Stomping Ground. All right, let's move on to uh, NXT. Now, NXT, great show as always, but there's three news stories that I got coming from NXT. We got another name change. And you may remember Brennan Williams. He is now going by the name of Dio Madden. So, uh, so I don't know how I don't know when we're going to see him on television, but it's going to be sooner rather than later. That's my take on that. Bobby Fish he is pulled from upcoming events. Now, Bobby Fish update. This is from Evolve. We are sorry to inform you that Bobby Fish will no longer be in action in Evolve 129 and 130. However, Fish will still be at meet and greets. This will be a chance to get pictures and autograph of Fish, Strong, and Kyle O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era. So, now, I think they're trying to uh, keep him away from the ring right now because I think they want him to stay healthy. For a possible takeover match. Who knows. 
Who knows? But I think they just want to keep him healthy. I think that's what they're doing. So moving on, WW, top WWE prospect arrested in sexual misconduct case. WWE keeps tracks of future superstars and will sometimes follow them for a long time with hopes that they will have able to be eventually secure them a contract. One of the one of their top's prospect was Gable Stevenson, but that might not be happening now. KSTB reports that Gable Stevenson, along with 21-year-old Dylan Martinez, are the subject of criminal investigation. Both men are being held in suspicion of sexual misconduct. Gable Stevenson even got a one-on-one training with Brock Lesnar not too long ago. And it's a big sign that WWE saw huge potential. And you can check out footage of Lesnar working with Stevenson. Like, I want to check that out later on. Now, Meltzer, he chimed in about how bad of a situation for is for both Stevenson and WWE because the company has been keeping a very close eye on him since he was in high school. Wow. Now, Meltzer said, and I quote, Yeah, by the 2020 Olympics, they thought he'd be a monster multiple-time NCAA champion. Of course, he hasn't done that yet. But you know, he was considered the best amateur wrestler to come out of the state of Minnesota, which is high praise because of a lot of great wrestlers have come out of Minnesota. But he was arrested last night. Details of the situation have not been released. He has been suspended, and I mean, if there's anything on that, that's something that might be it for it. Uh, it could easily be it for him. Another thing is it's awful hard to come back from that, you know? I'm not saying it's dead that he could go to WWE, but if there's a conviction there, there I think it, he probably could not go to WWE, and WWE has had their eyes on him since he was in high school. Now, I'm going to say what I say best. Guilty until proven innocent. Like, I think he's innocent. Like, innocent until proven guilty. I had it backwards, so I apologize for that. Now, I honestly think, like, if he is charged and convicted and evidence comes out that he did this stuff like that, then he doesn't deserve to go to WWE. Like, but right now, he's innocent until we get the facts. Like, you were trained by Brock Lesnar. Like, if Brock Lesnar saw something in you, then, hell, WWE saw something in you. But if this turns out to be true and he did something stupid like that, then he doesn't deserve to get a job. But, like I said, he's innocent until proven guilty. So, NXT tonight. We open with Adam Cole celebrating his NXT championship win over Johnny Gargano. And he said, told you so. And... They also aired a special NXT intro for only Undisputed Era, and I laughed out loud. I loved it. And Kyle O'Reilly said he threw it together last night, and and the crowd was literally chanting, Thank you, Kyle. So Cole tells Dream Industry Profits to keep those titles warm and mentions that no one will be able to touch them, and he even name-dropped William Regal and Triple H. Dream comes out and he liked to touch Cole in which I laughed out loud. And he mentioned that NXT is about the Dream and he would look better holding two belts. Strong tells tells him to come to Dream on and out comes Matt Riddle. Matt mentions that he's beaten both Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. Adam Cole tells Riddle to go back to reviewing wrestlers from the Attitude Era because that era is over. 
I legit applauded Adam Cole because that was a savage burn. And, like, I looked at Matt Riddle's face. You could tell he was trying not to laugh. He was trying not, he was trying not to laugh at that. So, Tyler Breeze came out. He announces a six-man tag team match in the main event, which I did not mind. And you wonder why. Everybody has something important. And there's more storyline coming out of this six-man tag. Damian Priest. Holy shit, man. If I say that this dude had one of the best entrances in NXT, I don't know what to tell you. That entrance was fantastic. And the music, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The former Punishment Martinez. Like, that entrance was so good. I played it like five times. That's how good it was. And he defeated Raul Mendoza. And this was pretty much a showcase for him because... I mean, they're starting to build up new stars. They're about to bring in these new stars to build up. We have William Regal announcing a breakout tournament. I love NXT. I love NXT because of this. They're giving guys who haven't been featured on NXT that much a chance to showcase what they can do. And the winner will get a shot of their cha- of a championship of their choosing. So in this tournament is Jordan Miles, the former ACH, Boa, Cameron Grimes, which is Trevor Lee, Isaiah Swerve Scott, I mean, Swerve is right there. You know who it is. It's Shane Strickland. Dexter Loomis, a.k.a. Sam Shaw, Bronson Reed, Jonah Rock, Angel Garza, the former Garza Jr., and Jaquin Miles, the former DJZ. So here is the round one matches. We have Dexter Loomis versus Bronson Reed. We have Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Cameron Grimes. We have Angel Garza versus Joaquin Wild, which is taking place next week. And Jordan Miles versus Boa. So this should be pretty fun, man. I'm looking forward to this. We got a very nice video package hyping up Mia Yim because they've been building her up. And she even name-dropped Shayna Baszler, talked about her background, like her origin, where she came from, and... And is and she like I said she mentioned Shayna Baszler and it looks like we might be getting Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler at a takeover show. So we have Jaya Lee she defeated Tenara Conti. This was a this like it was a pretty good match. But I will say this I think they're building up Jaya Lee for something big. Like I honestly think she will be NXT Women's Champion one day. She's just progressing. She's starting to get better and. Like I said, I think she's going to be the breakout star for NXT this year. So, keep a close eye on her. Finally, we have the Undisputed Era. They defeated uh, Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream, and Breeze. Roderick Strong penned Velveteen Dream. So, you you could tell he's going to be lobbying for the uh, NXT North American Championship. So, moving on from that, I want to talk about NXT UK. We have... Cassius Ono defeating Kenny Williams in a pretty good match. Imperium makes their entrance, demands respect, and next week, Travis Banks will face Walter for the United Kingdom Championship. Gallus, they defeated The Hunt. So, in, so it was just an eh match. Just That's the best way I can say it. It's an eh match. So, in two weeks, we have Mustache Mountain. They will be taking on Grizzled Young Vets for the NXT UK Tag Team titles. Now, we had a number one contendership battle royal for the UK Women's Championship to determine who will be the number one contender. So, we had Jazzy Gabber. She eliminated two enhancement talents. Didn't know who they were. And Jenny, she eliminated Candy Floss. 
Jaya Brookside eliminated Jazzy Gabbard. She then eliminated Jenny. Rhea Ripley eliminated Killer Kelly. And then she eliminated Isla Dawn. Jaya Brookside, she eliminated Rhea Ripley and Piper Niven. She thought she won the match. But out of nowhere, Kaylee Ray, who wasn't eliminated, eliminates Jaya Brookside. And she wins and, be- and is she's going to become the number one contender for the NXT UK Women's Championship against Tony Storm. Whether it takes place at TakeOver Cardiff, whether it takes place on on the tapings, who knows, but I think it's going to be at TakeOver. But like I said, Jaya Brookside, she's going to be a huge focal point for the UK Women's Division. She's been featured a lot more, and I think she will win the title. And it will be one of the most emotional moments, whether it's a big heel like Jenny, because that would be a nice storytelling right there. You're playing an underdog, and you know I'm a sucker for underdog stories. Jaya Brookside, she's going to uh, be the biggest focal point coming out of NXT UK. And I think she's going to... That will be one of the most emotional moments when she wins the title. So we're going to end it with top, the top 10. We're at number uh, 6 of the women I want to see in the Mae Young Classic. And number six, she's worked in she worked in NXT before, but I think it will be a nice welcome return. I am going with Eva Lee as number six. The woman's incredible. She's been working Shine. She's been killing it in Shine. And I honestly think that she is uh very, very talented. I don't know why people hate on her. Now I do know that there is legit heat between Mia Yim and Ivelisse. I don't know what happened. If someone can fill me in, please let me know. But I would like to see Ivelisse in the uh, Mae Young Classic. That would be a nice return. So, it is what it is. So, next episode is going to be episode 20. That's when we'll do the Phoenix Mailbag. Just want to let you guys know that you can email me your questions. The one and only Phoenix1993 at gmail.com. Please include your name and where you're from. That way... I could shout you out because I am a generous person. I am a generous asshole. But thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Uh, and I hope you guys are excited for Stomping Ground because I'm not. So follow me on Twitter at Shino D Phoenix. Continue because I want to reach that. Um, I want to reach that 1,000 because we're nearing there. We're about to get there sooner if we can if we keep this up. Um. Follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip, like the Facebook page, and I will see you guys next time. And if you're wondering, I recorded this early on Friday because I will be attending a wrestling show on Saturday. If I didn't say that at the beginning, I apologize, but I will be at a wrestling show Saturday. That's why you're getting it early, and you might get it Saturday morning. Who knows? But thank you guys for tuning in. I will see you guys next time for... Episode 20 of No One's Ready for Wrestling. No One's Ready for Wrestling. I'll talk to you guys later. Take care, be good, and God bless. I'll talk to you later.